on the lowdown, a Down Syndrome podcast, Angela Lee gives us the lowdown on sex and relationships for people with Down Syndrome. Over to you, Hannah Mola. Thank you, Danielle. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lowdown Podcast. My name is Hina Mehmood. I'm an occupational therapist at the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation. And joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Marla Folden, who is a speech-language pathologist at the DSRF. Hi, Marla. Hi, Hina. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, just toasty. Yeah, just yeah. toasty. I know we're recording this episode on what possibly could be the hottest day in BC, history. maybe Canada has ever seen. It's yes. going to get up into the mid-40s for some region. So mm. so we're very grateful to be in an air-conditioned office recording Absolutely. this today. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we continue on with our episode, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of our podcast on your chosen podcast platform. Remember to check out our episode pages for additional resources related to each episode. You can also follow the DSRF at www. DSRF.org. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow us at DSRF Canada. So today we are very happy to welcome back Andrea Lee, who is one of our amazing teachers at the Down Center Resource Foundation. We interviewed Andrea in season two of The Lowdown about the importance of comprehensive sex health education for individuals with Down Syndrome. Now, a year later, we will be chatting with Andrea again about the DSRF's comprehensive sex ed program that she started, and we will take some questions sent in from teens and adults about all things sex, relationships, and everything in between. So if you didn't tune into our episode in our previous season, I'll tell you a little bit about Andrea. So Andrea received her master's in education in Montessori methodology and children with exceptionalities at Loyola University in Maryland. Previously to that, she graduated from University of British Columbia, or what we call UBC, with a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and Classical Literature. Andrea is a BC certified teacher who currently runs a program for young adults at the DSRF, as well as one-to-one literacy and math, and of course, this sexual health program that we're going to be talking about today. Um, Initially inspired by the young adults in her group programmings and seeing a need for the whole Down syndrome community, Andrea has completed the Options Sexual Health certification program. And she did her practicum here at the DSRF teaching comprehensive sexual health programs to small groups, families, and one-on-one. Andrea, we are so glad to have you back. You're welcome. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, we're very, very pleased to have you here today. And, you know, it's been a little while since we had you on the podcast and things have progressed and changed. And we're very excited to talk about that with you. Um, We're going to do a few more secret questions in case people didn't get to know you last time. So, and these are very now questions you'll see. So first question, (laughs) what are you going to do post-COVID? Looking forward to anything the most? Oh my goodness, everything. (laughs) Kind of hug people, maybe? Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Even I don't know. <laughs> no touch for me for yeah. the rest maybe of my life. Maybe just a bit more careful about who you hug this time. Yeah. Selective hugging. Selective mm-hmm, hugging, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was really restrictive on myself during all of COVID. So I, a lot of things people would be like, well, you were allowed to do that. But mm-hmm. I still haven't. I'm going to see a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I really want to travel. We had our Disneyland trip canceled. Yep. So maybe next year, mm-hmm. whenever the quarantine... 
No, the quarantine is the border issues yeah, are borders done. And yeah, things yeah. Like that. kids still have to quarantine when it's like in open, Canada. Open for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I think I'm not comfortable with my daughter on a plane until she can get vaccinated. Fair but enough. I really want her on a plane so we can go to Japan and yeah. Disneyland and. Travel would be Just the biggest explore. one. Yeah. <laughs> I the understand. And the movies. Both ends of the for spectrum. Sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> the big and the little. And yes. just, yeah. I really miss like popping in on people. Just little like, visits. Hey, I know. we're in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. Are you home? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, too late. We're over. You know, things like that. Like, yeah. you couldn't do that. Yeah. So I'm excited for I that too. I miss things like potlucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you can share food with people. Oh my gosh. I yeah, like everything for food. people. I mean, yeah. I really like picnics, but it's like, Christmas time, we can actually gather. I know. <laughs> and yeah, just like even sharing a pizza would be delightful. Yeah. We're excited about it. Um, so leading into that, you said you'd want to go to the movies. Do you have a movie that you like to recommend to people? Like a favorite that you say, this is a must see? Actually, no. I take, I find recommendations really stressful. Oh, okay. interesting. And I have to really, really personalize them. So when people are like, oh, what's a good, yeah. this movie to watch? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what's your level of intensity you're looking for? What genres? <laughs> what actors? What directors do you like? criteria. There's yeah. so, I really overthink it. <laughs> I don't know, though, yeah. because the recommendations that you make to me are spot exactly. on. I know you yeah. really well. like a very, very good recommender. Yeah. Now you know how much thought I'm putting into this. Well, Marlon's this age. But, um... Is there one that you want to see in the theaters? In the Heights. Yeah. Because I jumped on that Hamilton bandwagon real hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah... Hamilton, but then who has Disney Plus? Everyone who has Disney Plus already watched Hamilton. Yeah. Fair enough. Is that even a movie? Kind of. I recommend that to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Okay. Great. Always recommend Thor Ragnarok to people. <laughs> Big Marvel person. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andrew actually Andrew recommended Marvel to me, and based on her recommendations, I actually sat through beginning to end all Marvel movies. And oh, was, yeah, I, I was yeah. happy for it because it was yeah. so good. I don't want to redo that now. See? Yeah. yeah. So great recommender. And start I with agree Thor with Ragnarok. That. Yeah. <laughs> Because Taika Waititi. Okay, question number three. What is one skill you wish you had been taught in school? Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. Like that I wish was available to me or that... Yeah. Yeah, or or you could... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Like I wish I actually learned another language. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in French immersion and just general French I could read really well but I couldn't speak or understand anybody mm-hmm. I learned when I you know went to Montreal and Paris and things like that mm-hmm. like I could read my way through a museum but not talk to anybody mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah maybe that would be the big one okay and there were things that were available but I just didn't do them right mm-hmm. and that would have been cool like a musical instrument oh mm-hmm. would yeah. have loved to have learned that which one would you want to learn um guitar oh okay mm-hmm. like i took guitar class but i only took one year and okay. it wasn't enough to yeah be able to play guitar right now <laughs> if i tried i'd be like here's a d chord it's <laughs> more than i know so and also yeah. like my sexual health education i wish was better yeah oh uh, yeah i don't know exactly what skills i would have wanted from that <laughs> maybe just more but even information I, more information and i feel like it would have helped a lot with confidence knowing what i can teach people now and mm. how i felt growing up and mm-hmm. how 
so many things with my body and relationships were just such mysteries to me. So I was just like, I guess I just won't date because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And how would that have changed if I had that? You yeah. know, like you can't expect your families to tell you everything. Yeah. Right. Very so, clinical information at yeah. that age, but not very empowering or just... Yeah, exactly. Like the yeah. comprehensive aspect was missing yeah. from back then. It's like mm -hmm. I knew really well how to not get pregnant. Yeah, I right. not even that well now. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> Maybe more like the interpersonal side of it, exactly. right? The relationships exactly. piece of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay. Don't know exactly what skill, but like general just, areas. Just life. Yeah. You give us, you give <laughs> us a couple of good ones. Whatever, like that. Um, okay. Next question. What is one item on your like ultimate bucket list that you want to do still? <gasps> So I have... Because you've done a lot of cool stuff. I've done many cool things. Mm -hmm. I have two um, kind of bucket lists. One's like a travel list mm -hmm. and one's like an animals I want to see in the wild list. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the animals so, in the wild list. Well, I yeah. can combine them into a safari Oh, because yeah. that's on... Oh, but also scuba diving. <laughs> oh, no, I can't pick one. Okay. plants. I like it. So they have to all intersect because you know how I'm all about intersectionality. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, I do. I certainly do. Uh, so you know, like all like giraffes and elephants and mm -hmm. lions and things like that are on my animals to see list. And visiting anywhere in Africa because I've never been to Africa mm -hmm. is on my travel list. Mm -hmm. So let's put safari really Love high it. up. But also, I really want to get scuba certified and. See some yeah. whale sharks and those oh, other awesome goodness. things. No, not a whale shark. That is really scary. Oh, they're the gentle ones. They're like the, the little krill friends. Uh, just too big. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> but uh, like a seahorse is on okay. my list. Like, <laughs> Maybe you can work your way up to the like whale a wild seahorse. That'd be so cool. Like, or a starfish. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've seen starfish. Come on, Anna. <laughs> I can't Is swim. People who listen to us loyally know I cannot swim. So you can go to the beach no and see that. Yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> okay, our last cool. question. Fill in the blank. Ooh. My favorite sound is? Oh, like laughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess specifically like my daughter's laughter. Yeah. When she's with her friends or her cousins. Like children's laughter. Yeah. yeah. It just like always fills me with joy and mm -hmm. then sometimes suspicion, but mostly joy. <laughs> You're like, I just love that's it. a so good weird. chuckle yeah. coming from the other like, room. Oh, I need to investigate. why is it followed by silence? <laughs> like, something's <laughs> happening. <laughs> but as long as All the parents fun. listening are like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, nodding their heads, I'm sure. Oh, I really like silence too, though. Yeah. You don't get that a lot. No. <laughs> I agree. See, that's, that's one of my things. There's no place in the world where you can get full silence unless you, you're like in a sensory deprivation tank. Exactly. Which Always I kind of want to try. Ooh, should I put that higher As on your my bucket, bucket list? list? No. Can't not see higher than a safari. No way. Not higher, but maybe top 10. Yeah. <laughs> top 10. Okay. Top 10 will be pure silence. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks for doing that with us. That was really fun. Um, okay. So... Andrea, when we last spoke, you had just started the DSRF Comprehensive Sex Ed Program. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how it's going so far? It's just the best. I love it so much. I love everybody that sees me. I've done family consultations, one-on-one -on -one work from ages eight to like mid-20s maybe mm -hmm. is my oldest now. Mm -hmm. um, I've 
Oh, I've started two new group programs. I think last time, did I talk about Raise Me Up? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I think it was just a hatchling idea at that point. It didn't even exist. Mm -mm. Oh, so much has happened. Can you tell us a bit about Raise Me Up? Because that program's fantastic. So Raise Me Up is with me and Dr. Susan Fawcett, who does a lot of um, like self-esteem, mental health, mental wellness sort of things. And we were just talking about how that goes so well with relationships not just dating, but friendships and how you see yourself in relation to other people and how much joy having other people to talk to brings. Mm -hmm. So we started it last year. We did it with adults. And this year we're expanding it where we have a teen group and an adult group where we're talking about like celebrating Down syndrome and yourselves Mm -hmm. and how do you make and maintain friendships? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do about a crush? All Mm -hmm. of those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun. It ends with a talent show, and I love it so much. There's a big piece of it that's about sort of acknowledging, accepting, and then celebrating your identity as a person with Down syndrome. Is that right? And that seems to be a tricky area for a lot of our students. Even they don't, some of them don't know that they have Down syndrome. Or they very recently found out, and they're not really sure what that means. Right, exactly. And a lot of that goes into like, you know, your self-esteem for like beauty standards and like, Mm -hmm. I don't, who am I going to date? No one thinks I'm cute. And it's like, what? You're beautiful. Mm -hmm. But of course you're not if you're comparing yourself to like Mm -hmm. Instagram influencers and TikTokers and whoever else you're seeing everywhere in the media. I think we all have that issue too. But yeah, and it's really hard for friendships and relationships and things like that. Mm -hmm. So last year when we did it, we, uh, a couple, a beautiful couple formed. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank Let's you. See what happens this yeah, because it's a it's a group program, right? So it's, it's kind of cool program. that everyone else is there to support each other and learn from each other. But kind of exactly. that group dynamic and I think must that helps help with the self esteem too. Mm-hmm. We were talking about you know off the mic, normalizing everything, and people don't know that other people are having these struggles, mm-hmm. and then you find out everybody thinks having friends is hard. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks dating is hard. Yeah including you know me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. it's not easy but when you find other people struggling too you can help yeah and then it's more fun right do you think there's going to be any difference this year now that you're running the two programs is there going to be a different sort of setup between the adults and the teens there is the teens will be more based on friendships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and crushes Mm -hmm. other than what to do in a healthy relationship okay I think that'll be the main difference. Okay. We'll see. We're still That's very exciting. And I think those programs have filled up very, very quickly as people have found out that they're available and recognized. The requests are coming fast and furious for sure. How it fits the needs that our students have. And it's cool. We have a lot of repeaters from last year too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they'll still see you every year for the rest of your life. And the cool thing is you (laughs) you mentioned this just a little bit ago that, you know, some of your, for your one-to-one sessions some of your kids are as young as age eight or nine Mm -hmm. so can you talk to her you talked a little bit about this in the first (gasps) episode i didn't get to talk about a third program that we're starting in the fall okay talk about the third program (laughs) then we'll go back to my question go for it so another group program that we're going to do starting in the fall for like the whole academic year is called grow gaining relationships and occupational wins and it's going to be focused on relationships friendships datings and like work Okay. Mm -hmm. And like getting a job and things like that, because we thought I'm going to do that one with Asia Masters, who did her diploma in, oh, it's a long name, but basically helping people with jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, Asia. (laughs) I forgot (laughs) what it was called. (laughs) 
But we just thought that th those are two things that everybody in adulthood wants to have a meaningful adulthood. You know, they don't want to be at home alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where a lot of the times when you kind of age out of academic programs, what are you going to do? Yeah, what's next? You're going to work. You're going to, Ideally, if you yes. want to have a romantic relationship, you should definitely, hopefully be maintaining your friendships. And that's really, really, really hard. And it's also not only hard for our students, but our families too, to do that unfacilitated, mm -hmm. you know, like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. and so it's really an adult program for so, so when students graduate from high school they can come here and do some academic skill strengthening if they want to and then is this for after that point when sort of the academic programs are over and we're exactly. looking to enter or the instead, workforce or instead, instead of, of the academics depending okay. on what you want same time after mm -hmm. we're getting people signing up now and it's it's nice to get you know, students that we saw a while ago coming back and mm -hmm. are interested in this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one person is, well, I don't want to say. I don't know who will be in the program in the fall. It's one of okay. those, like, we have to make sure that the group fits and sure. Well, yeah, and that, that was my thing, too, that anybody could register. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay, so for recap, so we have Raise Me Up. Yep. A grow. teen version and an adult version, yeah. which is really great. Then we have Grow, which yes. is for adults starting in the fall. And then mm -hmm. we have your third, like your um, individual one-to-one -one exactly. sessions. Okay. Which families can join in on. And I've had a lot of yeah. teachers and EAs great. joining in on it too and mm -hmm. raving about it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. and now, so then, yeah. so going back to then my question. So for some of your younger clients, um, ages eight or nine, um, or I think there might be one or two that are even younger than that, maybe just by a year coming, or so. Yeah, coming, coming. But so far, eight has been eight-ish. Has been the youngest. So what are you? What are your some of the things that you work on with those clients? Like, what are some of the concepts that you guys talk about that you cover? So the big one would be like the first thing would be like, who are my trusted adults? Mm -hmm. You know, who am I going to ask for help in anything related to all of this? Uh, then we talk about public and private it's a big 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 thing so it'll be body parts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. making sure you have the proper names for your body parts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which we talked about last time mm -hmm. if you're wondering why that's essential you should tune in to that last episode from yeah. season two we'll get uh, into that we talk about public and private places mm -hmm. you know the bathroom versus your living room what's the difference and then behaviors that go with that what can you do with other people around and what can you not do with mm -hmm. other people around or only your trusted adults around. We talk a lot about like the people in your lives, circles of intimacy, and then the boundaries around those people. Like what can you do with a friend versus a family member versus a paid helper versus like a stranger or a community mm -hmm. helper. Mm -hmm. And then we talk a lot about consent and setting your own boundaries mm -hmm. and the feelings that go with that. A lot of times people think of consent and they think of sexual consent, but people are touching children all of the time. You know, the dentist touches your mouth. Your friends might pat you on the back or ask for a hug. And how do you feel about that? And mm -hmm. it's different for everyone. I know a lot of people are like, oh, people with Down syndrome are so touchy. Mm, my clients will say the opposite. Some mm -hmm. are and some are not. And some have a really hard time telling people that they don't want hugs and high yeah. fives and you sitting close to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it gets kind of tangled with some infantilizing that happens yes. with mm-hmm. yeah. supporters because our mm-hmm. students tend to be shorter in stature and maybe a bit less mature. And so it's quite easy to slip up and infantilize mm-hmm. a little bit and do mm-hmm. more huggy huggies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know whether your student actually wants that or not. Exactly. They might not be able to tell you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of big feelings came out when it's just like, they don't want someone like patting them on the head even. Yeah, you know, something right? that seems yeah. pretty harmless, but yeah. right, yeah. it's just teaching a child that what you want and your safety and your comfort level doesn't matter. Yeah. And also like not only what's being done to them, but what they're required to do. Because I think it's, you know, a lot of the times when you have like a little preschooler with Down syndrome come at you and you're like, oh, like, can I get a hug? Or if I had like young clients or can I get, you really want to do it, but you don't want to set that precedent that right. early yeah. on, right? So you kind of have to get them to understand mm-hmm. yeah, what others will boundaries. be yeah. doing mm-hmm. as well versus not what's being, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. And it's, it's definitely a bi-directional thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because we want to teach our students as well to yeah. ask for consent mm-hmm. before they approach exactly their yeah. peers or whatever too because you see sometimes there's some funky behaviors going on Mm -hmm. definitely had several students like smell my hair and whatever be really great if they Mm -hmm. checked first if that was an okay thing to do yeah no i was asking them there was a couple times over teleservices i'm like oh if i was there and asked you for a kiss what would you say they'd be like okay and i'm like no you do not say (laughs) okay yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's the thing because one of the many strengths of individuals with Down syndrome is that high level of empathy. So that mm-hmm. kind of, so they're really, it's like an urge that they have to fight against, yeah. you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, that's where it's so great that you're starting this early so that they can understand, you know, the difference between a family member, caregiver versus an acquaintance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, and all yeah. the fam- at that age, you work a lot with the families too, mm-hmm. yeah. just to get consistency. It doesn't have to be a ton of sessions, Yeah, but it's one of those things where like, I never even thought of that, that we would have to do yeah. this that young or how I would say it. And is that what you've like noticed when you, because when parents come to you to discuss these things, are a lot of them aware of some of the things that they want worked on or are some of them like, oh, I never even thought of like, maybe we should talk about this or this. They definitely come with so far, it'll be one specific thing in mind. Okay. And then I'll tell them how that relates to so many other things, too. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, then mm-hmm. here yeah. we go. Yeah. Okay. Given the Great. resources and things like that. And then okay. even just like the look out for this in the next year or so. Okay. Yeah. You might want to work on, on too. And what you want your other family member members to model in the house too mm-hmm. are and there phrases that you're teaching our students to be able to say to either ask for consent or mm-hmm. to put a boundary in place are you teaching them like a no thank you or i don't want that i mean it's going to depend kid to kid it, it, it depends kid to kid how much they can say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know their language capabilities and things maybe like some that body too. language stuff oh so, we do so when some <laughs> students you know they stick the, ha- the stop yeah, hand out exactly. and that's oh very gosh. clear communication very right? so great So we do face, body, words, and the words include tone as Mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. and what you can say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we come up with a script, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it could just be no, Mm -hmm. no thanks. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be like, no thanks. And if someone asks again, then you say no. It's just like, now now they don't deserve politeness, you know, they're serious. Um, And yeah, sorry, this is... There's just so much I do teach, yeah, about mm-hmm. this. 
you know hands out means yes because it's like open you're yeah. open your body's open for a hug hands out means no mm-hmm. because you're trying to stop somebody create distance between them teaching them how they can do that with people if yeah. they don't want to talk silence means no but people don't understand that yeah right so you have to use your words sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you need help sometimes you have to leave the situation yeah and i think it just goes to show how complex it is <laughs> yeah. right there's so many like nuances that even if we're not working on those kind of things directly, you're not thinking of like, okay, there's all these little steps you have yeah. to do first before you get up to the big steps. I can talk for an hour just on consent yeah. and boundary setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will one day. Yeah. <laughs> is there an age, like what would you say is the youngest age that somebody, a family could come to you for consent and boundary setting in particular that you'd say, wow, we can get some things done. Oh. Like even preschool age. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe just for like a consultation, not working with the child right. super early, like mm-hmm. as soon as other people are yeah. touching them. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just to have the parents know what to look out for mm-hmm. and what to model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it would be and easier to, keep it on the radar. to start it off kind of on the right foot rather exactly. than to have to do some unlearning and undoing exactly. later. Like yeah. a lot of these habits that we're going to be forming now, asking for consent or mm-hmm. saying yes and no, and yeah. having the freedom to say yes and no are the things that are going to last for the rest of their lives. And if you, Start them young and be like, oh, but it's so cute now that they give everybody a kiss. And then in six years, it is not cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just start thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. Playing and the so long you, game. The you, very you long game. Very long game. Yeah. The lifelong and, game now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, it would be good for them to, if, if your child with Down syndrome has siblings, you know, it's yes. good for everyone to really kind of be aware of these kind of things and mm-hmm. learn because everyone can benefit from them. Mm-hmm. Um what have you found to be the most challenging part of this and the easiest part of running this program so far? The most challenging, I guess, would be kind of like making everything from scratch because everything's kind of the same, but everyone is extremely different. Mm-hmm. You know how it is for all of us here at DSRF. Mm-hmm. It has to be extremely personalized. Mm-hmm. And because it's a touchy subject, it also has to be personalized to the family, mm-hmm. to right. their and culture and exactly. everything. Yep, the context. So that's been hard because this is new. I've been having to make so many things. So that's the most challenging thing, just the time that it takes. Mm-hmm. The easiest is that I just love it and I want to do this and I will do this for every single family listening to this. I will personalize this for your exact situation mm-hmm. and with just pure joy and enthusiasm. So that's the easiest part is that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's tricky. And it's tricky. Some things are trickier because we've had to do them online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some things are trickier if somebody's not very chatty or they can't be chatty. And yeah. I have them online and I don't have anything, you know. Yeah. And, and then you have to adjust. Adaptions. You have to adjust. Yeah, you have to adapt the materials. You have to adapt the lesson based yeah. on comprehension level, based exactly. on so many other things. So, yeah, I can imagine that could be really. Um, so before we jump into the questions that were sent in um, by some of our teens and adults with Down syndrome, I thought we could address some of the most common questions we might get from our parents. Because sure. I'm sure you get a whole lot of them. Um, so let's do the first one. So Andrew gave us some really good questions that she gets most often. So the first one is, my kid will get naked anywhere. What do I do about this? Um, but I don't know if we're aiming, you know, yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this seems age to be group? more of a child thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so far, as they get to teens, it's 
It's basically all about public and private. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's teens, it's the privacy issues are a little bit different. So I won't get into that right now. Mm-hmm. But first, I have to make sure that a child knows what privacy even means. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't exactly mean that you're alone because you should be with your trusted adults too. It could be your doctor and your mom and your dad if you need help or your teacher if you need help in the washroom or things like that. But it has to be a trusted adult. So you have to know what that means. Someone who is safe and trusted by your whole family. Mm-hmm. And you do have to be alone. And what does alone mean? You you know, if I'm in an empty classroom mm-hmm. is that or a privacy? park or whatever, yeah, yeah. Or like my hallway and I don't see anybody, mm-hmm. is that privacy? No, because anyone could walk in at any moment, you know, mm-hmm. and then they don't want to see you naked. You don't, it, we have, I have to teach that like nudity. Some people don't want to see you naked. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to see your penis and your vulva and your nipples, and that makes them really uncomfortable. Yeah. It could also be extremely unsafe, mm-hmm. and that's something that a lot of children, anyways, aren't thinking about. Right. Know? They're just like, oh, it feels great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Knowledge <laughs> Impulse. But you have to do that in private. And mm-hmm. so a lot of just like, let's look at all the places in your house. Show me the private places in your house. If they're on teleservice, they run around and start pointing to rooms. And I'm like, ah, oh, the door's open. That's not private. And things like that. Mm-hmm. Hallway's not private just because you're alone. Living room's not private because there's windows and your neighbors can see you. You know, all of that. Yeah. So a lot of public and private. And then consistency within the family. So like we kind of touched on what you're modeling, what you're working on now could become a lifelong thing. It will be so much harder to unlearn it. And there's a lot of, you know, things with siblings or with parents, like walking around naked, Mm -hmm. slapping bums, talking about anything Mm -hmm. is fine at home, but don't do it when there's other people around. And, you know, your other children are fine with those rules. And your child with Down syndrome are like, what does that mean? Which yeah. people are around? Which places can I do this or not? And that's so much harder that it should just be consistent with the whole family. You know, okay, none of us are walking around naked in the hallway because we don't walk around naked in any yeah. hallways. Yeah. None of us are touching each other's butts, even though it's kind of funny sometimes because it won't be funny at the grocery at the store, grocery store yeah. at school. You're not going to get the same In a public yeah. washroom, yeah. you know, like... Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing because we're so quick to say, no, don't do it. But I love that you're talking to the kids about why mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it. Like, you know, and reasons that are meaningful to them and they understand and then that they can relate to them. Exactly. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and nice where you, you can do it. And I mean, where you can do there it. There are exactly. some things maybe you yeah. will never, ever do. I can't think of any specific examples right now. Yeah. But, you know, there probably are things like unsafe things. Mm-hmm. But things like getting naked. Yeah, you can get naked, but big, but yeah. here are the places you can and the reasons you can and when yeah. you would. And to give uh, families like, permission to like honor that because it's just like oh my kid just wants to go in the room and hang out naked yeah cool yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids want to do that yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> not just your kid yeah. they need, you know i'm sure lots of adults want to do it too yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah go for it you go know it. cool. it's a 42 degree celsius day <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> go into your room and close that door and cool down or you know whatever it is yeah that I mean, they might not even be able to tell you why they want to, mm-hmm. depending on the age. Yeah. But 
give them the place to do it. And like, I mean, even since like you guys are both parents, like babies love to be naked. It's just like since, when, since you're babies, you just love to be naked. So exactly. it's like, it's yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my daughter's six. And so things like modesty yeah. did not have to be taught explicitly. She yeah. just got to the age where she was like, oh, yeah. my uncles can't see me naked anymore. My friends can't see me naked anymore. Mm-hmm. And that might not happen. Yeah, for to, students with Down syndrome. Yeah, just yeah. because it happened with all of your other children doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly. to your child exactly. with Down syndrome. So yeah, it's a very good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, so make it got to make explicit. the structure for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, lots of visuals. Mm-hmm. All right. Second question: How do I deal with crushes? They can open up a huge talk about crushes, fantasies. You know, there's it's we see it all the time. This can open up a big conversation. So how would you respond to parents about this? It's super hard. So a lot of, yeah, I'm like, what will I talk about first? <laughs> so many things. <laughs> this is another thing that could be yeah. an hour-long conversation. But it's like, if we're talking practically, I like to tell people that if you're looking for like a romantic partner, a sexual partner, a boyfriend, or a girlfriend, here's who you can date. You can date someone who is your friend. Mm-hmm. That's it. hmm there's no other exceptions. You can't ask out a stranger. Mm-hmm. Celebrities count as strangers. You've yeah. never met them. You don't know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so tricky, though, because social media yeah. gives people the impression that they do know. Exactly. Because, you yes. know, it's people the make their own little videos that much more closer, and it's yeah. kind of every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes celebrities will ask a question on their videos yeah, and our accounts respond on TikTok and or whatever. All that stuff. I got a checklist for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are they your friend? Check this checklist. Boop, boop, boop. Perfect. We'll put that on the episode page because, yeah, I've used that checklist with some of the students before and it's been a little bit saddening because they it realize that, oh, I'm not actually friends with yeah. insert celebrity here. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. it's so important to so, realize. So that's the thing. Like, I like to make like some pretty clear boundaries. You can't date your family, strangers, paid helpers, even acquaintances, but you can date your friends and people can move between circles too. So maybe one day I will meet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favorite celebrity. <laughs> but I'm like, they're all married. You also can't date people in relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which so, includes like your siblings. Yeah. Boyfriends yeah. and girlfriends. That's exactly. a really Cousins common and one. Things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to make that pretty clear. But then you also have to acknowledge that like, like, they're having yeah, I really like the celebrity. I don't love them. It's super hard because that's re- obsessing with celebrities is so normalized. Oh, I love Jason Momoa. And yeah. I, I've said that and I'm like, no, I don't love him because I don't know him. I love uh, his movies. I think he looks really attractive. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, but I don't love him. Mm-hmm. You know, and even person, watching yeah. your language, but acknowledging like, yes, I'm a huge fan. I really want to watch all these things with them. I get it. That's your favorite YouTuber. Watching them makes you feel really, yeah, really happy. Yeah, he's not your boyfriend. Yeah. Not your boyfriend. Imagine <laughs> yeah. how much happier you'll feel with friends who yeah. get you and things like that too. Yeah. And not ever dismissing that it's like, yes, you that really, really yeah. care about your teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are so much fun. But this is a different kind of relationship than a dating relationship. I know you're looking for somebody who hangs out with you and makes you feel happy and makes you feel safe in a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but it can't be your teacher. Yeah. They're doing that because it's 
their job they're paid to do that you don't know them like you do a friend yeah. because they're act they're paid to be nice you know things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. like always giving them like the validate your feelings yeah like mm-hmm. yeah i've done that too and now i can see that was a bad idea to have a crush on my professor celebrity person online that i've never met you know yeah. things mm-hmm. like that but one of the things that's really good is like I try to be like, well, if you go on a date with somebody, you have to have a lot of things in common. Let's list all the things you have in common with girl at school you've probably never met, but she's super hot and you see her. <laughs> what do you know about her? She goes to my school. Cool. Uh, she likes sushi. Do you know that? Or does everybody like sushi? Oh, everybody likes sushi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she likes soccer do you know that or did were you forced to play soccer at school together you know things like that like going through that really digging and i think like marla and you were referring to a checklist that you use which is fantastic and i the interesting thing that i i talk to andrew about this all the time because i want to learn more but there's a very black and white thing that you do with some of our students where like no it either fits either in this out. category, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the gray areas when it gets confusing, right? Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. like, and like Marla was mentioning, when you're on social media and they're interacting with you in some degree, but you really need that black and white thinking sometimes to kind of help them understand the boundaries. And have you found yeah. that's quite helpful for a lot of our students? Super helpful. That? And I yeah. think it's also one of the things that's been helpful with families to talk about to start this young, yeah, to label people as they are. Oh, there's your favorite TikToker who we've never met. Mm-hmm. I bet you would love a friend like <laughs> that. <never> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think the validating piece is like trying to pull out what it is about celebrity teacher, exactly. whoever, whoever, that it makes them very mm-hmm. attractive or exactly. very fun to be around. Mm-hmm. And then turning it and saying, wouldn't it be nice to have a friend who does yeah, all these sweet dance things, moves yeah. as who likes well. the same yeah. music as you yeah you know mm-hmm. same with the family member things a lot of people will be like oh i want to marry my sister or mm-hmm. my dad or my cousin mm-hmm. and then we just go through and like what do you like about them yeah i mean it's pretty common that people end up dating or marrying somebody pretty similar to some of their family yeah. members yeah but it's like what do you like about them oh that they're pretty you like that they have short long curly whatever hair mm-hmm. okay that's cool oh mm-hmm. you like that they're super nice to you and they're a really good cook those are awesome qualities yeah mm-hmm. you know your mom or dad or whoever is taken they're in your family you can't date them <laughs> yeah. but we can try to find these really cool qualities yeah in, in people that can be your friends right you know, yep. yep that yep. live close to you very cool okay our last question from parents how much do i help or not help give independence when they start dating? I feel like this is going to be a very personalized situation. In very general um, advice, I would say as much as you help with friendships, that's how much you would help with dating. Mm. And some people help a lot with their friendships. You know, they have to set up everything and get phone numbers and do the emails with the other parent and things like that and come up with ideas And if that's how your family's been doing friendships and sports and things like that, you might have to do that with dating as well. Mm -hmm. And there's, if you go to real talk, real dash talk.org, I'll Mm -hmm. give you, you know, we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, I'm saying that now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you're right. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They have this really, really wonderful video. They're a Burnaby organization that does sexual health education with folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities. They have this video called How Should Family and Staff Support Your Love Life? And it's people 
saying what they wish their family and their respite workers and their teachers mm. and therapists did for them. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where for some people, you'd be surprised by how much they want you to help. And others, it's like you'd be surprised at how much they don't want you to help. <laughs> and it's just you honestly have to have that conversation with your child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not your, you know, your offspring, not your little teeny tiny child. You yeah. Know, right. 18 year old your 25 year old your 30 year old child they'll want something different so you probably will be helping yeah they probably want some sort of independence yeah but it's going to be about the same as what they have with their friends too cool. are you leaving them with their friends on the bus going around places alone if you are that's probably what you'll do when they go on dates too mm -hmm. if you're monitoring them when they're with their friends because They'll spend all their money otherwise. I don't know. So many reasons. Or they're not safe or yeah. anything like that. You'll probably be chaperoning all of their dates too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be different for every single family. Great. So that's like a that. really good so, rule of thumb. I yeah, think you I give families an idea of what to expect. And it's probably not going to be very different because, you know, whoever you're dating comes from that friend circle anyway. So better. it's yeah. the same. Follow my rules, they better. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Who's other dating strangers? Get out of town. <laughs> okay. Coming up next, we have some questions that have been sent in by some young adults that we have the pleasure of knowing. And here's our first question. What does period makes my hormones go crazy? Oh, such a good question. So when you have your period, your hormones, estrogen and progesterone, get released from your brain, go all throughout your body. And they tell your body to do a lot of things. They tell like your ovaries to release their egg. You know, it does all of these biological things. But I think what this question is asking is, why are my hormones making me feel crazy? You know, why are mm -hmm. my emotions off the charts sometimes? And oh, estrogen and progesterone hormones. <laughs> they like to do something that I like to call the mads, the sads, and the glads. Uh, you might get real angry, very irritable all mm -hmm. of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You might feel very sad. You might be crying a lot more mm -hmm. a little bit before and during your period. And you might still be extra glad, like really giddy, excited, hard to focus. And those are called mood swings. And you know what? That's just what hormones do. And it's mm -hmm. different for every person. There's not a real reason because some people don't even get mood swings during their period. Some people get them so, so much that it really affects, you know, going to school and going to work and things like that. And a lot of people during their period too will get extra tired mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of self-regulation to handle all of these emotions. And if you're tired from other things that your period was causing you too, then you can't even help all of your emotions. Mm -hmm. If it's really, really bad to the point where you're not going to school or work during your period, mm -hmm. you might actually need to see your doctor about this because there are ways where they can regulate your hormones, make it so, you know, it's a little more even every day. So it's a bit more predictable for you. And that's something that I can't help you with. That's something that a doctor, your family doctor can help you with if it's mm -hmm. that bad. Otherwise, you're actually not going crazy. That is what your hormones do. Mm -hmm. And 
we just sympathize. And <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not really something that you need to worry, you don't about, have to worry about it unless it's stopping you from living your life. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of us are feeling all of those emotions switch super, super, super fast mm-hmm. sometimes. And, and there are things that you could do while you're feeling a little emotional to like maybe help you as well. Oh, there sure are, but that'll be different with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like to um, take it a little easier, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. be a little forgiven Give of yourself myself. a bit of a break. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell people that, um, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't yeah. have to tell them why. Right. I don't have yeah. to be like, or, yeah. I've got my period, so I'm super mad at you, so I'm not <laughs> coming out tonight. I'll just be like, I'm feeling a bit tired. Yeah. I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. still going to do all the things I need to do, but yeah, I might need to relax a little bit more, listen to some happier music or do some things. I got to try extra hard not to yell at my family or whoever's annoying me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. And it'll get easier in time. This will be the worst uh, in the first few years after your first period. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it'll get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Again, it's hard to say because every body is different, but uh, especially for young teens, yeah, you're going to feel this really strong mm-hmm. and it might suck for a little while. Do you recommend that women get sort of an app to keep track of their period and their cycle so that they can say, oh, I'm gonna, I might feel emotional during these five days. This happens to me every month or whatever. So I'm not going to overschedule myself and kind of be able to prepare, see yeah. that it's coming, prepare ahead a little bit. I feel like for some people who have periods that could help them. But if this is like, it depends on like your cognitive ability that you're mm-hmm. going to be able to identify all of these things, right. and put that into an app and scheduling, you know, how many people are aware of their schedule three yeah. weeks in advance right or That's even true. something as simple as just marking it on a calendar yeah, like, like you know mm-hmm. in, in about a month's time from now it might not feel so great i, I know some families do mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. i don't know if i would tell the person having the period to do it because it depends how much they're for sure in charge of right. their schedule anyways. exactly totally yeah true but definitely it's worked out with some families where they're like oh it's coming up. Mm-hmm. We need some backup plans. Right. Or, or just some, some more downtime. Or, or some or... extra like screen time to relax or, you know, things yeah. like that. Because sometimes or... you lose track. I mean, yeah. we all lose track of you're like, oh, hold on. This is why I'm feeling this way today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just even for myself personally, sometimes the apps like aren't that great. Okay. And if you're yeah. not, a lot of people are irregular too. And mm-hmm. then even like... You're like, why am I yeah. feeling this way? And you don't even know because the app, you know, the app it's told you not it was predicting the right thing. And it was wrong. Yeah. Sure. Which is super common too. Okay. Okay. So the next question. When I got a girlfriend. How to get a boyfriend? I think this was asked like eight times. I bet. I bet. It's <laughs> but, definitely but, been asked to me many times too. <laughs> like just in our little call out, eight times completely independently of each other where can i get a boyfriend and a girlfriend from all ages this is i would probably say like one of the top concerns of everyone Mm -hmm. and the short answer is 
It's kind of tricky and it's kind of easy. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So here are some ideas. It's kind of like wherever you would make friends. So you could look at your existing friends Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, (laughs) can I date one of them? Honestly, you totally could, right? It's just somebody that I've feel a little bit differently about you can look at your friends of friends because you know you probably have things in common Mm -hmm. people you can trust and ask for an introduction uh during covid this was really hard because you weren't supposed Mm. to be hanging out with your friends of friends Mm -hmm. but you know soon you will be school um is a good place to meet lots of people to make new friends and then of those friends you know you might find someone that you want to date clubs programs Sports are Mm -hmm. really great places to meet a potential boyfriend or girlfriend. Volunteering sometimes Mm -hmm. might be really good. Some kind of really bad places would be work because Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be working. (laughs) I was just going to ask on on the flip side, where do we not want to meet people we're dating? Don't like, and lots of different workplaces have like, really specific rules so you don't want to get fired for trying to ask out customers or co-workers and not doing your job it can be really really distracting don't look for people at work you might end up being friends with people from work but that's different mm-hmm. don't go to work to date the <laughs> internet is a pretty bad place mm-hmm. it can be really unsafe it can mm-hmm. be really tricky really difficult to navigate there's a lot more extra skills involved in being good at internet dating so most people don't have time to learn that yeah i've done it it's not that great everybody (laughs) (laughs) uh public places are also a bad thing like you don't go asking out somebody at the mall at the pool yeah the the bus stop the bus stop Mm -hmm. very unsafe you have no idea who these people are other than maybe they're a level of attractiveness that's Mm -hmm. all you know about them Mm -hmm. i think places like bus stops are tricky because you might see the same people at the bus stop every day Mm. but that's still not that doesn't make those people your friend and that's not a good dating choice this is where andrea's checklist would come in Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. another thing that kind of is crummy is you know if you have down syndrome a lot of people who don't know you won't be their genuine self. They might be fake nice to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they might be extra nice to you because they don't know you. And you don't know at all if you have anything in common or if they're just being nice to you, mm-hmm. you know? So don't trust strangers. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Trust your friends. <laughs> Go date them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All those other places were way better places to meet friends that would eventually become your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I once had somebody ask me, oh, should I go to an all-girls school to meet my girlfriend? I'm like, you can't. You're a boy. <laughs> that I sounds mean, it's good. good I, I was just going to say, it's very good problem solving there, but not really. Yeah. But tricky to get into a girls' school just to meet girls today when you're a boy. I feel like there's like a movie idea right there. Right? Yeah. Oh, but, my God. Good oh. comedy. In the same vein, though, it might be a reason to join some clubs. Exactly. And mm-hmm. some extracurriculars and mm-hmm. maybe do some volunteering or exactly. find something you like to do because you yeah. might be able to meet some new friends yeah. who could turn into a boyfriend or girlfriend like if you have that. no one in your current friend group that you would date time Sorry. to join some more things more group, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's tricky yeah. it's mm-hmm. hard that's a- it's not easy okay mm-hmm. but you gotta okay our next question what do you 
went to start dating someone. Ah, oh, this is so fun. Dating should be really, really, really fun. So when you're dating somebody, the purpose of that is to get to know them in a different way. It's probably going to be your friend. But now you're telling each other that like, maybe I want you to be my boyfriend. Maybe I want you to be my girlfriend. So you'll do a lot of the same things. You're going to talk a lot. You're going to go out and do fun things together, things that you both like. But now you're trying to see if you're going to be a good match. Like, do we want to hold hands or kiss or touch or things like that. So you're getting to know somebody even more than you would have before when you were just friends. And hopefully after dating, you do become, you know, it works out and you do ask them to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend and see what happens with mm -hmm. that. I have a question for you Yeah, that I've been asked by many students that's kind of on the same vein, which is, does it count as dating if you're in a big group? So let's say it's soccer practice and you're there and the person you like is there. Does that count as a date? Sadly, it doesn't. It's super awesome and you should do it because you're getting to know them better. They're getting to know you better. You're becoming friends. But that's not the date. Just because you like them, just because you're at the same place, it should be one-on-one. One-on-one. Or someone should tell you it's a double date. Yeah. You that's know? what I was thinking. Like you yeah. got to call How it you a define date. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If the other person doesn't know it's a date, you're not on a date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Very important clarification. But it's fine print. <laughs> it's <laughs> <the fine> print <laughs> of dating. And, you know, just all that consent stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you both have to agree that it's a date and call it a date. And sometimes with dating, you are just getting to know each other one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call it dating at the very, very beginning. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you should pretty soon. You know, yeah. just to make sure feelings aren't hurt and they just want to be your friend and you wanted them to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But yes, great I think question. that is a, it's a really important point. If somebody else doesn't know that they're your boyfriend or girlfriend, then they are not your they boyfriend or girlfriend. At all. Mm -hmm. oh. And that's a really hard one. That's right. I meant, had that in my notes that I was going to mention that when we talked about crushes. That's one of the big things you don't do with your crush. You don't call them your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You don't force any kinds of touch on them because there's so many steps before that, before that title of boyfriend and girlfriend, before mm -hmm. any kind of touch happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what dating's for. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what is a good first date? Oh my gosh. First dates are really fun. <laughs> They're so exciting because you know that the other person kind of likes you back and that's really exciting so hopefully you're friends and you both know a lot about each other and you have lots of things in common which means you both like the same things so you should do whatever you both like a lot of people like eating seems to be pretty popular mm -hmm. can you find a restaurant that you both like or go on a picnic or something like that a lot of people like sports do you want to watch sports together or play sports together? That could be a really fun first date. A lot of people like movies. That could be a good first date. There are so many things that could be first dates, but it has to be something you both like and, you know, that you can get to safely and yeah. you have the money for. Don't do something too expensive. Nobody likes wasting money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, look at all of your common interests. It's somebody you know. There should be lots and lots of ideas. Bowling's kind of fun. 
else is kind of fun. There's just so many ideas, but it's hard to tell because you don't know who the two people are going on this first date. Mm -hmm. Sky is the limit. And if you needed help, you can ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ask your friends, ask your family, ask people who hang out and do things around your neighborhoods, depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. The sky is the limit on a first date. Mm -hmm. So fun. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next question. What is sex? Oh, that's biggie. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Jumping from dating now straight to sex, yes. I know. Yeah. Those, those other questions had real short answers. <laughs> oh, this one could too. Okay, so what is sex? There are lots of different kinds of sex, and people get stuck on one kind of sex. Basically, what sex is, it's between consenting people, so people that both say yes, people that both feel safe and trust each other and both want to do this. And it involves touching. It involves touch that's supposed to feel good. It usually involves your genitals. So like your vulva, penis, anus, depending on the person. And it can involve any other parts of your body touching in ways that make you both feel good. A lot of people, when they think about sex, they think about intercourse which is like penis in the vagina. But there's a whole bunch of different ways. So my short answer will be it's touch that feels good. It is also very private. Mm-hmm. 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 So you are not doing this with anybody. You are doing this in somebody you are in a relationship with that you've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it should be something that you want to do. And... That's like really fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so, very complicated though. It's That's the extremely, extremely short answer. So with many th- other things involved with it. Mm-hmm. So a few things that need to happen before sex, usually you need to know the person mm-hmm. really well. And ideally they would be your friend and then you would be dating them and then you have sex. So this is not a thing for strangers, no acquaintances, people that you don't know and trust and or people that don't consent, right? Exactly. So it's private. Those are essential pieces. Private. You both want to do it. Mm-hmm. It should feel good. You should not be scared or in pain or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And there's not just one kind of sex because a lot of people are like, oh, did that not count? It probably counted, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, a lot of people don't want all the different kinds of sex and touching too. So it really depends on the person what your sex is going to look like mm-hmm. or the couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. And this is kind of on the same vein. Now, how do you know I'm ready to have sex? Now. I lied. I said the last question was the biggie. This is the biggie. (laughs) This is the really, really important question that I feel like I'm going to give the answer and then want to add to it and then add and add it. And so this might be a little rambling. This is such a great question. And I love that people are asking themselves this and asking me to help you with this. So there's some practical aspects to when do you know if you're ready to have sex. Um, I guess I'll get those out of the way. Do you have a private place, mm-hmm. you know, where it's only you and your trusted person and where others cannot see you or hear you? 
you know, this can be hard if you're living at home. Mm -hmm. This might be awkward because you might have to talk to your parents to establish this private place. But if you're not willing to talk about this with whoever you live with, then maybe you're not ready to have sex. You have to make sure you have a private place to have sex. Um, you know, usually a bedroom works, but it might not for, you know, so that could be tricky. So get that first. Do I have a place to have sex? If no, then you're not ready to have sex. You mm -hmm. just can't. Um, do I know what sex is, is a big one too. Mm -hmm. And because that's different for different types of partnerships, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you're both on the same page with what you actually want to be doing with your bodies. Because some people just want, you know, things and somebody else might want something else. Mm -hmm. So you got to talk about that. Do you know how to protect yourself from sexually transmitted infections? And if you don't know what those are, then you're not ready to have sex. There are ways that your bodies can touch that can get you very sick. And if you don't know how to protect yourself, then you have to learn that first. Um, for certain kinds of sex, you can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Do I know what that means and what mm -hmm. that would do to my body? And mm -hmm. what would I do if I got pregnant or if I got somebody pregnant? So first, do I know how to not get pregnant if I don't want to be pregnant? Or if I don't want to get somebody pregnant, do I know how to not do that? You have to learn that first. And if I was pregnant, do I know what I would do? Mm -hmm. Would I keep it? Would I get married? Would I have an abortion? If all of these words are things that you've never thought of or learned about, you have to learn that first. Mm -hmm. It would be a very, very big deal. Also, do I have any money? There's some things with sex that cost money. If you're protecting yourselves from getting pregnant or from getting an STI, you need a sex budget to make sure you're buying those things and if you're like andrea what do i need to buy well you got it you got some studying to do mm -hmm. <laughs> so but those are all the practical things um let's do some health things next like do i know my body really well do i know my genitals do i know which parts of my body feel good mm -hmm. you know do I know my partner's body? Do they have a different kind of body with different parts than me? Do I know what's going to feel good for them? Because there's a lot of the parts that feel good also can get hurt really easily. Have I ever thought about that? You mm -hmm. know, that's something that you should know about bodies. Um, do I know when I feel like I want to have sex? There's like certain things your body will do to tell you that. Do I know when I don't want to have sex? Because again, if your body is telling you you don't want to, the sex will hurt mm -hmm. and you can get, you know, really sad by that. If you're hearing any of this and you're like, ew, that's what sex is. That sounds gross. You're not ready. And that's totally fine. And mm -hmm. that's really, really normal. Or there's other things that you want to do. And those are great, too. So you have to know, like, do I, f does my body tell me that I want to do this? Mm -hmm. And lots of people's bodies don't want to have sex or do anything sexual. That's super, super normal. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And you also got to be really in touch with your feelings. How am I feeling? Am I feeling scared? Don't have sex when you're scared because that will make your body hurt. Do I feel worried and anxious? Don't do it then too. It isn't making me feel sad. A lot of people will feel all of these things when thinking about sex. And that just means, no, I'm not ready right now. Am I feeling excited? Am I feeling happy? 
Am I feeling, you know, loving feelings at the thought of doing this? Those are pretty good feelings. That mm -hmm. might mean you're ready. Um, emotionally, do we both want to do this? Or is somebody making the other person want to do this? That's a really mm -hmm. tricky one. Uh, and it's a really common one that somebody wants to have sex or do something sexual before the other person and if they're making you be like oh come on this is what girlfriends do this is what boyfriends do hmm. it doesn't have to be so that's not a good enough reason to say that you're ready mm -hmm. just because you're in a relationship mm, no I wouldn't just because someone's like but I want to and you're supposed to make me happy nah that's not the job that's not your job either that's not the reason for sex um can I stand up for myself? Do I know how to say no? Mm. Like we said, sex has so many different, there's so many different ways to do it. If there's a way that I don't want to do it, can I say no to the person that I'm with? And if I don't like saying no to them yet, then I'm not ready for sex. Uh, you got to set your own limits. You got to be able to say no. You can, you got to know how to change your mind. Mm -hmm. because just because you said yes doesn't mean you actually have to. You're allowed to change your mind, you know? All of these things, I think you have to know that you can do no bribes or threats or pressure from your partner. No, like, if you have sex with me, I'm going to buy you this, which happens. Mm -hmm. It'll happen if someone's doing that to you. They're not ready either. They're going about this all the wrong way. So make sure you're doing this for you. And make sure you can handle disappointment, too, if it doesn't go how you like it or mm -hmm. if the other person's feelings change or your feelings change. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that sex comes with a lot of different feelings, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, yeah, a lot of people have sex with somebody to get them to love you, but they should love you first for other reasons, not just because of that. You know, it's different. Um. So I hope you're with somebody. No, not I hope. You better be with somebody <laughs> that you trust, that yeah. you feel safe, that you can talk about all of these things with. Mm -hmm. There is so much going on ahead of time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's why when you're like, you just can't have sex with a stranger. You yeah. know, you better have talked about all of these things, both of you. Yeah. Before somebody... any of this happens. And then on top of that, a lot of people's beliefs will be different. Their religion, their mm -hmm. culture, their family. You can't ignore any of that. That will determine for a lot of couples when they can have sex too. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't even talked about that with your partner, well, you better. Mm -hmm. Then you're <laughs> not ready. A lot of conversations. Then you're not ready. So there's so many things to know if you're ready to have sex at mm. all. And so many things to know if you're ready to have sex with this person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If somebody needs help getting through, because you're right, it's a very complicated thing to think about and plan for. If somebody needs some help figuring out whether they're ready or not, who would be a good person for them to talk to? Uh, you're a trusted adult. Mm -hmm. See those trusted adults that you talk about when you're a kid and you determine will come in handy for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and that it could be your parents yeah it could be a teacher it could be your doctor it sh you know you should also trust 
the adult that's in the relationship with you as well. But you might want to talk about it with more than one person just to make sure, especially if you've never done it before. What would your advice be to those trusted adults to help them have these conversations? Because it is, it's like, I mean, for any parent, I think it's, it's for, well, not for any parent, I shouldn't say for some, it's super easy to have it and super open, but for some, it's not. So like, what would you... And for your other kids... Maybe you weren't their person that mm-hmm. they came to talk to. Maybe they went and talked to their friend. Mm-hmm. But if all of your mm-hmm. friends are other people with Down syndrome and other disabilities, yeah. they might not be the best person to talk to about all of this. Yeah. Oh, for the parents. I'm just thinking even of myself as a parent. Oh, <laughs> man. That's not my number one choice of conversation. No. <laughs> yeah. But you got to... One, you know, you can ask me for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> can, I was just thinking that. I was, that. I was like, I should probably contact talk to you. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Come talk to me. Yeah. Come watch videos. You know, I'll give you a few links. Mm-hmm. Like Real Talk and Amaze.org. And there's a lot of videos that you can watch with your child to talk about sex. Make sure they know about it. That will help them get ready. There are a lot of books. Um, talk Sex Today by Salima Noon has like a lot of scripts mm-hmm. that you can even say to talk mm-hmm. about it. Um a lot of these questions, I mean, I came up with them, but a lot of them come from this book that I'm forgetting the title, but I will we'll <laughs> give put it to it in you. Episode yeah. Page. yeah, that actually has an even longer than this checklist, and it's meant for everybody, mm-hmm. but you can take out what applies to your child and yeah. their partnership to go through and make sure that they have all of these things that they're ready for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big deal. There's a lot of things that can go super right and super wrong with it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's uncomfortable for probably most mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not just one conversation, too. It'll be a lot yeah. of different ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think when you get into this level of complexity where are we ready to have sex or not, that kind of question, you see why working backwards, you want to start at very, 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 very yes. young so that you're not teaching who's a trusted adult at yeah. this point. Yes, very true. yes agreed. Mm-hmm. Or even things like sexualities, because, you know, when we talk about those different kinds of sex and mm-hmm. some people would rather just talk about sex rather than even touch somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can identify as asexual and not know it because they've never heard that word before. Mm-hmm. And that might be something that you need to navigate with your partnership. You mm-hmm. know, if somebody wants to and somebody doesn't want to, and that's tricky too. And if nobody's ever told you that that's super that's awesome an okay and way normal, to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, or if you only want to kiss, or I only want to hug, or I don't like other people's naked bodies, so I never want to see you. You know, yeah. that those are all things that are normal too. Yeah. And that you can still, I don't know, if you wanted to have like phone sex and talk about sex, but never actually do it, that could be fine too. But if you don't know that's an option, right? Mm-hmm. that'll be really tricky in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that there's some videos that parents can watch with their child. Um, and a plug for videos. Videos are super great because they can be re-watched exactly, as many times yes. as needed. And when this is sort of a big issue for our adolescents and young adults, the subject comes up a lot mm-hmm. and it might be very handy mm-hmm. to have something that the person can refer to sort of independently and get more information each time they watch it. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, like, there's nothing like having a really intense, uncomfortable conversation many, many, many times. Yeah, watch this. Yeah, I would say the books would be that I will recommend will be for parents just to make sure that you're in the right mindset for this too. You know, I know a lot of us want our kids to be super safe and protected and not disappointed, and that bringing this in will just make it so complicated. But to also value that they're adults and they mm -hmm. may have these desires and they may not you know either way you know the books would be to get you in the right like okay i yeah. might have to face this mm -hmm. these are things i could say and i think for videos i think just real talk is the best because it's people with intellectual disabilities answering these questions most of them are pretty short too mm -hmm. i've watched a bunch of them with my students they love it then we rewatch it. We make take notes. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it brings up new questions. There's so many times you don't know you had a question until somebody else mentions something. You're like, wait a second, but what about this? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and you also want to give them the video so they're not just searching for it. Yeah, yeah, on YouTube, mm -hmm. which we have had happen. Oh yes, what is sex? What is naked lady sex? Has been has come up on our iPads before, uh -huh. and then we don't know where it came from. Or who, yeah. who was curious <laughs> about that and who needed that information. Yeah. And that's not the ideal way to go searching for that. Yeah. Lots of adults walk through our doors and use our browsers and things. Mm -hmm. And if you ever see that at home... Yeah. Conversations maybe, overdue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Conversations maybe you have multiple children speaking. and you're not sure who this is from, but... Yeah. Hmm. So there's one more question that comes up a lot um, that kind of speaks to the, the cultural side of what we've been talking about. So I think it's an important one, too. So let's hear from that person. Can you only have sex while you're married? Um, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it depends. And this is something that you're going to have to talk about with your family. You know, a lot of cultures, a lot of religions, you cannot. So you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a really important thing in a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And you need to get married first. So you make your friend, you date, you become boyfriends and girlfriends. And over many, many years, probably, you decide to get married and then you're going to have sex. And mm -hmm. that's a pretty awesome way to do it too because we talked about how to even know you're ready to have sex. There's a lot involved. Mm -hmm. And that is going to work for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come from cultures and families where you don't have to be married first to have sex. That's fine too if that is your belief, your religion, and your culture. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know... Better ask somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you better check yeah. in with your family, yeah. especially if you're living with your family. If you're doing something that your parents are like, whoa, like this is against our religion. This is against our faith. Whatever our culture, where we come from, this is not something that we do in our families and you live with them. That's extremely disrespectful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And it would be different for every family. But I don't know what would happen mm -hmm. in that case. But, you know. Got to check. You got to check need first. To check. You need to ask. And if you can't have these conversations with your family, You're then you ready. are not ready. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't go sneaking around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think I appreciate all these questions that got sent in because these are really good and really common questions. So thank yeah. you to those teens and adults who sent those our way. Right. And I know a lot of people aren't going to be ready <laughs> to be, listen to this person and be like, I don't want my yeah. son or daughter to listen to that question yet. That's okay. Yeah. One day this you might be ready. This podcast will be here forever. It's always here. It's always here for Not you. Not all of it will apply to yeah. every person. Mm -hmm. Your child may never have any of these questions. Yeah. And, yeah, have, and that's okay too. That's yeah. that's okay too. I was just gonna say that's yeah. totally they might have fine. even yeah. more specific ones. All mm -hmm. right. Hey, you know? I just need to have to have you back again for another <laughs> set of questions. <laughs> I'm only an email away from okay. everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll put the the information and the resources that Andrea was talking about on our episode page for any parents who are in need of that information or any individuals, teens, adults as well. Um, and I think Andrea encourages people to get in touch if they need some more individualized info yeah please do that's been picking up mm -hmm. lately too mm -hmm. emails fell i'm like ooh, how, Things, do, yeah. how do they know who i am like, i don't even know <laughs> don't introduce themselves <laughs> i get an email i'm like here we go and i love it so yeah, yeah let's get some more of those <laughs> all right awesome Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, Andrea. Oh, thanks yeah, for again. having me. This is really, really informative. I'm, I'm for sure know this is going to help a lot of families out. So we mm -hmm. appreciate it. Oh, I love it, and Fine. I know it makes people uncomfortable. And I hope. And you that's do okay. That. It's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Conversations can be uncomfortable, but all right. Well, thank you. The Lowdown, a Down Syndrome podcast, can be found on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you never miss an episode. And let us know what you think by leaving a rating and a review. Be sure to visit the webpage for this episode at dsrf.org slash podcast for additional resources related to the topic. You can also follow DSRF Canada on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for updates from The Lowdown and the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation. Want to know more about Down Syndrome? Class is now in session at DSRF's online learning portal powered by Thinkific. Users have called DSRF's resource brilliant, fantastic, and absolutely first class. Now, our educational platform puts these tools right at your fingertips. Start with our free introductory course Down Syndrome 101 or dive deep into the issue that matters most to you by enrolling in subjects like mental health or relationships and sexuality for people with Down syndrome. Each course guides users through video, audio, and written resource to help you better understand and support the person in your life with Down syndrome. All courses and subscriptions include access to the DSRF Circle of Support. Through this social community, users can interact and learn from one another and engage directly with DSRF. So, what are you waiting for? Class is about to begin, and there's an empty desk just for you. Visit dsrf.org slash thinkific to sign up today. Got questions? We have answers. 
321's Canada's Down Syndrome magazine brings leading-edge expertise from Canada's top Down Syndrome professionals, as well as parents and people with Down Syndrome, direct to your inbox four times per year. Brought to you by the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation and Canadian Down Syndrome Society. 321 tackles issues important to people with Down Syndrome and their families at every stage of life. From mental and physical health and development, relationships, employment, independence, and more, we will equip you to explore whatever your future hopes. 321 Magazine, information and inspiration for Canada's Down Syndrome community. Download the latest issue and describe for free at dsrf.org slash magazine. The Lowdown, the Down Syndrome podcast, is a production of Down Syndrome Research Foundation. Learn more at dsrf.org and join the conversation at dsrfcanada.org. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Lowdown is hosted by Marla Fodan and Hannah Mahmood. And it's produced by Glenn Hughes. The Lowdown theme music and just do was written and recorded by Rick Scott. <laughs>